When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's get back to You Better You Bet. Presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Power Hour on a Friday. P.J. Glasser filling in for Nick Costos today alongside Ken Barkley. I'll be back on Monday and Tuesday alongside Ken here. You better you bet. Presented by BetMGM. So we will be back on a Monday, Tuesday. Looking forward to Ken finding all that info on the conference tournaments. That'll be yeah. a lot of fun. Love a, good, love a good research okay. project. Love a good research That'll project. be a good conversation. Looking forward to that. Uh, over the next hour, no longer on stadium, but you can still watch us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. And, of course, we're still streaming live on the betql network youtube uh backslash youtube.com backslash odyssey sports twitch.tv slash betql and you can listen to us for free on the odyssey app so ken as we wrap up our time in dgen corner and head over to moron island your lasting thoughts on this region i like tcu personally i think this again we wow. know purdue big price. last year yeah, would be a big price on TCU. It certainly would. The last couple of years, I just feel like these kind of regions where you can make a case for like five or six different teams, I think it'd be one of those regions where a lot of chaos is going to ensue. Um, I, I think taking a stab with one of these higher-seeded teams could be the way to go. And the one that sticks out to me the most, like possibly like Wake Forest could maybe be intriguing. I, I, I like them. Look, Princeton was a Sweet 16 team last year. They return a lot back. Um, I mean, beating Kentucky and then potentially Creighton would be a tough task. But I, I like TCU. They would be my pick. I, I think we would get some chaos in one of these regions. I think this would be the one. So I like TCU. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, it's funny. We have Butler's the 11 on our graphic there, which I think maybe they were last, last week or something, but I was like, wait, Wake Forest, like they're, oh yeah, they're in this. Um, so just for people watching, that's what's going on there. And Mike has like, I, I didn't like, I'm not throwing him under the bus there, but I kind of am, he has done like an awesome job with these brackets. Like if you, like if you've been consuming the show visually, this is like a real treat to have this level of production value for like a segment that we're doing where it's like, oh, how about I just build uh, 90, 90 million things for you? And it's all looks perfect. And it's like, here are all the seats and stuff. So I gave Mike a hard time there just about like I saw Butler on the screen. I didn't know what was going on. But everything like Mike, Mike killed it. Mike did an awesome job on this stuff. And we'll okay. especially when we get to the actual NCAA tournament, we'll have like all the brackets ready. We're doing a show. Nick and I are doing selection Sunday night. As the brackets come out, Michael be scrambled like in his uh, in his office there, putting everything together as we get the bracket. Reminds me like I used to work at ESPN and I did a show one time right after 
like the bracket comes and you're just like your head's in a billion places you're trying to think about the matchups for the first time what graphics can we build what oh that second round game would be this that kind of stuff it's always really fun uh in that region that mike put on the screen and mike like you could put it back up with butler just so i can make a point it won't be about butler um i'm not going to overthink it on this one this is a region that North Carolina would win. I think, I think this is the one that they would win. And I think they're the only one of this group that I have any confidence in. Purdue can win the region. There's nothing preventing them. It's just they're Purdue. And if I'm given a good price on someone else, then I'm not going to bet them. I'm going to bet somebody else. You've got the two final month hot teams facing each other in the four or five. I don't love Iowa state as a three talent wise and ceiling wise, so like I look at Carolina and I go like what's what's stopping this? And I think FAU is like a big red herring this year. I think like you'll see them in that second round game and be like maybe they can get an upset. Like maybe they'll go yeah. on a run. No, 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 Carolina. Like that's Carolina. I think the whole way. So this is a re- like if if you're a Carolina fan or you, uh, I think some people actually bet them to win the title in the middle part of the season. I would be rooting for a draw like this. Uh, I think you got a three that you can beat that you're way more talented than. You got a really not scary, like six, seven. You got two small conference teams as your six, seven. So pretty low ceiling usually on those teams. And uh, and on the upper half, Kentucky, Creighton, and Purdue, maybe you get one of them. But uh, I would I would like Carolina uh, a lot in this draw. They would be my pick to win this region. All right, there you go. Ken's going with Carolina. I am going with TCU. Now as we move over to our final region, Moron Island, we have Houston as the number one seed. They would play the winner of Norfolk State and Merrimack in the 16. Mississippi State and Nebraska in the 8-9 with Mississippi State favored by two. Clemson, the five against South Florida, the 12 seed. San Diego State versus UC Irvine in the 4-13. BYU and Indiana State in the 6-11. Duke and Charleston in the 314, Florida, New Mexico in the 710, Florida favored by two in that game, Marquette, the two against Eastern Washington, the 15. First thing that jumps out to me, Ken, is uh, I can't wait to see the totals in BYU, Indiana State, and Florida, New Mexico, if those are the two games that we get. That would be awesome. Of all the regions that we have done, of all the different brackets, I think this draw for Houston is is fantastic for them. Fantastic. Because when we talked about two weeks ago, the kind of teams that can give Houston trouble, it's the teams that can hit threes. It's the teams that can score. And I, I mean, it's, it's the teams that aren't like afraid of them. It's not afraid of their physicality. And I look at these eight, nine games, like Mississippi State would be the eight seed that would absolutely be the perfect draw for Houston. Yeah, Nebraska, same kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, man, exactly. Same kind of thing. Uh, San Diego State, again, it's like it's like in college football when teams go up against Bama and Georgia and they try to, like, out-physical Bama and Georgia and, like, you try and beat them at their own game. That's what San Diego State would try and do to Houston. And although they're really good at that, like, nobody's better than that than Houston. So I think that's a bad matchup. It's interesting in the bottom half of the region because of how lethal those offenses are when you're talking Duke. Florida, New Mexico, Marquette, BYU, some of these teams. It could potentially get intriguing in the Elite Eight, but, man, I think that's a great draw for Houston going to the Elite Eight. Um, and then the bottom half of the region is really interesting. We can get into some of those teams. My question, though, Ken, I tease it at the beginning of the show. We did not discuss this last time with Houston. I think it's something worth talking about. I think so many years with Gonzaga, even though they made it to eight straight Sweet Six teams, 
I think one of the things that really hurts them year after year after year is the conference that they play in, right? They aren't getting battle-tested on a nightly basis like a lot of these other teams are. The fact that Houston is now in the Big 12 and they're no longer in the American and they're playing good team after good team night after night after night, we both agree, like this Houston team, it just kind of feels like the same thing. But then does that make them feel differently because they look like the same team going up against the Big 12 every single night? Um, We didn't talk about that last time, but I think it's interesting now with Houston being in the Big 12. So it's a great question. And I got, uh, I think a couple people tweeted that at us after the show uh, that we did a couple weeks ago. And like, I'm not going to have a great answer because we don't see this very often, right? Like Gonzaga all of a sudden last year, it's like, actually, we're off to the Pac-12 guys. See ya. It's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't really happen a whole lot. Team that like historically dominant run from a smaller school or from a smaller conference, and they upgrade in terms of the conference that they play in. Uh, you could certainly make a really compelling argument that the reason Houston's going to win this year is that they're more battle tested and they, all, all year they're playing phenomenal level of competition. I don't have a counter to that. It's totally possible that that's going to happen. It's one of the reasons why, like, if Houston was playing in the American still, maybe you kick them a little bit easily. Like, well, sure, the stats look like this, but it's the Gonzaga argument. Like when, you know, push comes to shove in the second round, Elite Eight, whatever, I'm not going to think you're going to advance very far. I can't say that about Houston anymore. That can't be the knock. Um, It's just like, I don't, it's more, I don't know than like, I think I'm a no. Whereas like, so Gonzaga last year, right? Like I, I think I'm a no here. <laughs> like, I think you're not, I think you're not going to win the tournament. Gonzaga is a top seed. A lot of times I, I'm not going to bet this. I'm not. And like, I'm going to be pretty confident when I'm not going to bet this, that it's going to go well, that I, that I'm, I'm going to be right, that you're not going to make a deep run. Houston is a gray area team this year. UConn and Arizona, big conference teams, always big conference. Well, most of the time, big conference teams, UConn's been back and forth, but like big conference teams, UConn won last year, Arizona's in a power conference. Confident the level of competition has prepared the team appropriately. Houston, it's a maybe. I mean, that's why they're the third team for me, and it's why I'm. I kind of have them as like, I. I really would prefer to not bet them, but like, I can't dis. I can't get rid of these guys. I can't dismiss them, no matter how much I want to. No matter how much I'm like, oh man, you're gonna you're gonna shoot one for thirty from three in some game, and somebody's gonna get you. And I don't know who it's gonna be, but we're we can try to figure it out. Um, this year, you're absolutely right. Like, if let's put it this way, revisionist history, right? If they won this year, the Tuesday after the championship game, it would be like, well, they finally played a level of competition all year that like prepared them, and that's why they were able to do it. And Kelvin Sampson finally like got there because this team was more battle tested than the other ones. That would be the case that would be made. Um, and I yeah, so I can't dispute it. It's a great argument. It's a great pro Houston argument, and it's one of the reasons why they're a little different this year. It's not that I'm like buying now, but I can't just kick them. I can't just sell. I can't just not bet. I have to just be aware of them, I guess, would be the right way to put it. Maybe not bet them entering the tournament. But like if UConn gets upset and Arizona gets upset and Houston gets a great draw and it's Sweet 16 and it's them and a bunch of teams I don't like, that's going to be the team I'm going to have to go with, you know, and depending on how these other teams shake out. So I, I hope it doesn't come to that. But uh, but yeah, that's why they're kind of the, they're that third team for me that's kind of in that gray area. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I agree because when we were talking last time, I mean, it just does feel like the same Houston. I don't know if they can beat a team in the tournament who scores 80 on their defense, but playing in the Big 12 and certainly is going to get them more ready this year than they have been 
in the last couple of years playing in the American Conference. Mississippi State is the eight in this region going up against Nebraska. I'll say one thing, Ken. Mississippi State is one of my favorite teams to bet on in college basketball because they are so matchup predicated. It's the same thing with St. Mary's. When these teams go up against teams that can't, well, Mississippi State especially, when they go up against teams that can really score, they always lose. And I love betting against them. They're 0-5 in SEC play this year against Kentucky, Bama, and Florida. And a lot of people lose to those two teams. But Mississippi State hasn't been able to beat any of them. They played Bama at home. They played Kentucky at home. Reed Shepard had that game winner. They can't beat them. So in Mississippi State, if they're playing against one of these nine seeds, um, obviously they wouldn't play Florida because they're in the SEC. But if they go up against like a Florida Atlantic, if they go up against, you know, a New Mexico, somebody who can really score, that that would be a tough matchup for uh, Mississippi State. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. St. Mary's, who I mentioned, they're kind of the opposite. They play at a really slow pace and are really good defensively that when they go up against teams that can really score, they get them so out of whack. So if St. Mary's is like a six seed going up against an 11 or a potential three seed, it, like if they get Bama in a 3-6 game, I would love St. Mary's in a game like that. So just something to keep an eye on. Clemson, I think, is a really fascinating team, Ken, and potentially could be maybe another one of those teams that I, I look at to win a conference tournament. You talked last time how important non-conference is compared to, to conference schedule. And Clemson really challenged themselves in the non-conference, and they had some really good wins. Um, they were able to win at Bama, where nobody's been able to win this year in the SEC. They won at Tuscaloosa, also beat South Carolina. They beat Boise, they beat TCU, and they lost at Memphis by only two points. So Clemson, I know the ACC play has been a little shaky, but Man, in the non-conference, they were really good. They have one of the oldest teams in college basketball. They have a great one-two punch with their point guard in Joe Girard, who's a transfer from Syracuse, and they have one of the best big men in the ACC in P.J. Hall. So, you know, they're probably going to be in that 5-12 game and going up against a team like South Florida, who's won 19 of their last 20 games. Like, that could be a little bit tricky. But uh, Clemson is one of those teams – that I kind of like where early on in the season, when they have a big win, everybody's like, ooh, this Clemson team, I kind of like. They could maybe be a Final Four potential type sleeper team. Look out for them. And then we just kind of like all forget about them because conference play starts, we fall in love with these other teams, and we forget about how good Clemson looked early on in the season when those results are like really important. I mean, the fact that they won at Bama, they beat in TCU, like these are all tournament teams that they beat, so... You know, I think Clemson could be an interesting team. Now, I don't think they could beat Houston, but uh, I, I certainly think that could be an interesting game going up against San Diego State in that in that five four um, that that I would watch out for. With the right sure. draw, maybe Clemson could make some noise. I think uh, there are two teams in this region that I would just draw a circle around: Clemson and Florida. And depending on, we talked about Florida two weeks ago as like. I think I think the cop were they like an eight or a nine or a ten? I think when we did the yeah. when we did it a couple of weeks ago, and I remember even saying like they're not going to be that when we get like we're going to have a different conversation about them when we get to the tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, them and Clemson are sort of in this perilous situation where they are like Alabama light, both of them. They're both like really heavy offense, 
really pretty rough defensive teams. Their raw defensive efficiencies are like getting close to that 150 magic number where you want to just hard fade from the jump on these teams, like Paper Tiger territory. So like uh, Florida's splits are 21-162, so they're already there. Um, Just like something to keep in mind, Clemson splits are, I have them right here, Clemson splits are 26-133 offense defense, so they're not quite there yet, but gives you an idea of like the type of team we're dealing with here. So my one note on this region, and we could pick a winner maybe when we come back, it's the only note I have really, is just these would be two teams, Clemson the five and Florida the seven, like kind of in that first round upset territory, uh, just based solely mm. on a lack of defense, similar to our Alabama conversation earlier. Yeah, could be like those teams like Miami. You just might have to survive your Drake game and then maybe yeah. even go on a little bit of a run, you know, kind of thing. So we'll see. We'll wrap up this uh, this region next. Give out some plays. Look ahead to Saturday's slate tomorrow in college basketball during the Power Hour. P.J. Glass or Ken Barkley. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.